you belong here. You belong here this morning. And I mean that in so many ways. First of all, you belong here in that you're not out of place. You're not uh, somehow in the wrong place at the wrong time. Like it's proper that you be here. You're, you're not somehow disqualified from being accepted in this place with these people. You belong here. In another way, I want to look at you belonging here. Second of all is you belong here in that you are invited to be part of something bigger than yourself. Church is not made up of bricks and boards. It's made up of people. It's made up of the gathering of the saints. It's about coming together. By definition, belong means to be a member or part of, to be in, to be affiliated with, to be allied to, to be associated with, to be linked to, to be an inherent of faith tabernacle. I did that in the board meeting. It's prophetic. It's all right. It's all good. Faith Tabernacle Church is meant to be a place where people can belong. And that's a beautiful thing. Belonging is the very essence of what the church is. And, and there's a, a quote by a guy by the name of Randy Frazee, whoever he is, it's all right. What he had to say was good. It says, the development of meaningful relationships where every attender carries a significant sense of belonging is central to what, is, what it means to be the church. Let me say that again. The development of meaningful relationships where every attender carries a significant sense of belonging is central to what it means to be the church. See, the church should not be so much, or it should be so much more than a religious organization. I mean, it is a religious organization, but it should be so much more than that. It should be a community of faith where people journey in their belief and walk with God together. And it's a journey. We are all on different places in that journey, and that's okay. And I would say, and yeah, I'm saying this from up here front, I'm quite okay with you belonging even before you believe. Because this is a place where you can belong, and we can journey together, and we can discover the power of God together. And that's what community is about. And that's what discovering God is about. The idea of community was God's idea from the beginning. Right back from the garden, it was God's idea for us to be in community. We read in the book of Genesis that God created the world and saw that it was good. I mean, he created everything, the, the birds, the animals, the, the planet, everything. He said, and it was good. And then he created Adam. And he said this in Genesis 2.18. He says, the Lord God said, it's not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. Or another version says, I will make a companion who will help him. There was no sin in the world. Humanity was still innocent. God was with Adam, and yet God said it's not good. And in that moment, he created Eve that they could be in community. We were created for community, and we are meant to be in a meaningful relationships together. That's so important. You know, it's such a fractured culture that we live in. We've got Facebook, and it says we've got 497 friends. But really, that doesn't quite count. It talks about being in relationship, Adam and Eve and God, and then it went from there, and all of creation was in this relationship. They were in community. And I just want to clear something up here for the record this morning, something that's sometimes portrayed but is not intended, so I just want to say it. This does not mean that if you are single, there is somehow something wrong with you. 
Okay, that is not what we're saying here. You can be single and not alone just as much as you can be married and feel very much alone. The idea here is to be in community, to be in meaningful relationship with others. Marriage is wonderful. I highly recommend it. Debbie and I will have been married in, on June 25th. We will have been married for 24 years. Very, yeah, I mean, that's an achievement for her especially. But you are not somehow second class or flawed or broken if you are single. It's just, just saying. Okay, so we can keep going now. I'm referring to church as community, but understand it's more than just a social connection, okay? I'm talking about community. I'm talking about being together. I'm talking about being apart, but it's more than just social. There are two equally incomplete ways that we can see the church as community. One is we can see it as just social, like I'm talking about, just this, um, the club part of it, the, the idea you're part of an organization, so it's like because you're part of that uh, organization, you're part of the community, then you're okay. The other side of it is purely spiritual, that, you know, as long as you are in relationship with God, then if you and God are okay, then you're okay, everybody's okay, it, to heck with everybody else. is like, if I don't get along with people, that's fine. I don't need to be in community. As long as me and God are okay, I'm okay. Both are, will reject the original plan. Because in the garden, Adam and Eve, like, or Adam and God, they were in perfect harmony, and yet it wasn't good. So it's like, we need more than just us and God, and we need more than just a social gathering of people. I mean, you can join the Legion if that's what you want, right? But so it's like, but this is something that's a combination of both. And I love um, the description of the early church. The, uh, the day of Pentecost came, the Holy Spirit fell. It's, it's found in the book of Acts, the beginning of Acts 1 and 2. And there's the Holy Spirit, and the church was born. And so out of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, people began to gather in the name of Jesus and be, you know, kind of, they kind of started to coalesce around the disciples and they became the first church. They became the, the, the church that was birthed out of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Word spread. People start to come together. God's adding to the church. I want to read the description of that and show you how it's both spiritual and relational and how those two dovetail together as we continue here. Acts chapter 2. If you have a Bible and you want to turn there, Acts chapter 2, verse 42. Um, and don't blame the team if the slides don't go up on the screen because I didn't tell them which ones I was going to be preaching on. So it's like, you guys who have your Bibles and your smartphones and all that stuff that want to follow along, we're in Acts chapter 2, starting at verse 42. And this is what it says. So the believers are getting together, and this is a description of what was happening in the midst. It says that they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. Okay, that's spiritual. All right, and to the fellowship, which is relational, and to breaking of bread, which is probably communion, which is very much relational and spiritual, and to prayer, which is spiritual. So there's both aspects going on there. Everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. That's just supernatural. That's cool. I like that stuff. We need to see more of that. All the believers were there together and had everything in common. Now, that's highly relational, right? Uh, you know, anybody that's spent some, like, you know what it's like, anybody that's done university and you've lived on campus and you've, you know, you kind of live together or anybody that's been like, you know, you get together with a, with a bunch of people and you live in the same place so you can afford to live there. And it's like, you get together and it's like all of a sudden refrigerator rights, you know what I mean? It's like you open the fridge. If it's there, you've got a right to it. So you have everything in common. So it's like they came together. That's highly relational. 
Selling their possessions and goods, they gave to anyone as he had need. Wow. There was no government assistance. There was no welfare, no social safety net. They only had family or the church. Now, the widows and orphans were taken care of by the synagogue and something like that. But this is like what they had was each other. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. Again, relational and spiritual. They're coming together. They're meeting together. That's community. In the temple courts, they would come to church. They broke bread in their homes, and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts. That's relational. Table fellowship was an important part of the culture in those days. And I actually think it's pretty important to us now. Food is like people glue. I love it. You get together and you eat, and it just breaks down barriers, and it's such a powerful thing when we can experience that together. Then it says, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people, and, all, and the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. That's amazing. God added to their number daily those that were being saved. I mean, that's cool. It was messy, I'm sure. It was a bit of a social experiment, but it was authentic and it was powerful. And it should be no surprise that it was so impactful. Jesus had explained that being in community was a powerful witness. One of the ways that he described that, he was, he was talking to his disciples, and it was before he was crucified, and he wanted them to get a few things. And he says, a new command I give you. So, oh, like, new stuff. Okay, a new command I give you. And he says, love one another. A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, get this, by this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. He says, love one another. If you do it and do it well, people will know you're my disciples. The church should be a place where we are doing community so well that people not part of that community want to be part of it. Right? We should be doing relationships so well. We should be doing community so well that people are out there, man, I wish I had that. I mean, ultimately, it leads to Jesus, right? Jesus is the answer. That's how we get that community. But that's not going to happen around personal preferences. That's not going to be achieved by music style or hairstyle. That's not achieved by all being a particular ethnicity or social economic standing. It is achieved in unity, not uniformity. It's achieved in gathering around a cause greater than ourselves, greater than our personal preferences, greater than, the, than our tradition, greater than the latest trends. It's the cause of Jesus Christ and the kingdom of God on earth. That's what we gather around. That's what binds us together. That's what gives us unity. Paul writes to the church in Ephesus, and he says, Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. Ephesians 4.3. Make every effort to, to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. And then he says, There's one body, one Spirit, just as you were called, one hope when you were called, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. <laughs> there's one body, one spirit, just as you were called, one hope when you were called, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. And then he goes on, he says, to each of us has been grace and so on like that, and he talks about giving different things, gifts to the church, apostles, pastors, prophets, all these different things. He says to, to, to help to train people and to, to build them up. And then it says in, in Ephesians 4.13, it says, until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of God. You see, that's not trying to find perfection in isolation. 
That's finding completeness in Christian community. That's when we rub each other the wrong way and you think that there's something wrong in that. It's like, no, that's part of the process. If we didn't have each other, some of the things that are in us would never come to the surface. So much of the New Testament is about being in proper relationship with each other. So again, you belong here this morning. You belong here. It's important that we recognize that we belong together. You belong here in so many ways. One of the ways that we want to make it even easier to belong and to grow together is through life groups. And life groups are a gathering of around 10 to 14 people that meet regularly in various places around our city to connect, grow in our faith, pray, and make a difference in our community. And we're going to be launching some of those new groups uh, first of May, first week of May. We're going to be kicking that off. Just opportunities to come together, even in a deeper sense of, of connecting than we can on a Sunday. I mean, I love our cafe. I love that we can grab a coffee on the way out and visit with one another and a chance to kind of to build those initial friendships. But we want to take that deeper. And we're going to be launching that the first week of May. And you can sign up for that if you're interested at our Faith Next area at the back after the service. Our Faith Next area is back there. And you can sign up for that if, you, if you're interested. And, um, and we'll be able to contact you with more information as that comes out so that you can get plugged into that. I'm going to ask the, uh, the worship team to come back at this time as we kind of work towards uh, baptism. We have the privilege this morning of having baptisms as part of our service. And, and that's a very special time in, in people's lives and, and in the life of the church it's a time to celebrate. It's a time to. Uh, it's a celebration of belonging. It really is. It's like it, it's part of that whole belonging scenario. It's it's a way for the believer to publicly acknowledge, acknowledge and public publicly say is like I belong to Him. I belong to Jesus. I belong to God. And it's also a way to publicly associate with and identify with the church and with people that have been baptized before, people that have gone through the waters, because this has been happening since the day the church was born, where they've been baptizing those who believed, and we're going to be doing that this morning. They were baptized in the community. It was a part of being part of the family. It's, it's symbolic. It's beautiful. It's powerful as we get to identify with God and with people. The scripture said there is one body, one spirit, one hope, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all, through all, in and all. Can we pray this morning? God, I thank you, God, that we can belong here this morning. God, that when we come together, we belong to you, God. We belong to one another. We come in unity, Lord with great diversity and beautiful, beautiful expressions of diversity. And Lord, I thank you, Lord, that as we gather and gather in your name, that we are united in that name, that your spirit gives us unity. God, if there's anyone here this morning who's looking for belonging and they haven't found it yet, God, I pray that they would belong here. They would have a sense of belonging, God, that you would welcome them here by your spirit, God, that your spirit would connect with them that they would understand that they are accepted, that you're welcome, that this is where they can belong. Lord, for those of us that may have been here longer or those that have been around here for quite a while, Lord, that have been a part, Lord, may we never get to the place where we start that we feel that we don't belong. God, we each matter. Each has been brought here for a purpose. 
God, I believe that everyone here, whether they've been, whether they're seniors or whether they're infants, Lord, that we belong here because we need each other. And God, I pray your hand upon each one, that there be such a sense of your blessing. Even as we, as we continue into baptisms, Lord, that, Lord, you would be glorified in that, you would be lifted up in that, and that, Lord, you would even speak to people this morning. In Jesus' name, amen.